Hey, Will, do you want to tell um, all our listeners uh, about the dream you had a few days ago? Well, <laughs> I, I think it was because we took we took one week off because life happens, you know. And the night before One Tree Wednesday, I did have a dream in which Chad Michael Murray was pregnant in a parking lot surrounded by all of the moms and then some of One Tree Hill. Uh, and there were also, I think, some ghost babies involved that were like sort of cautioning him about his pregnancy. And he really had to pee. They were, <laughs> they were standing outside of his barn um, and he really had to pee. But thinking about just the science and the biology of Chad Michael Murray being pregnant, mm-hmm. maybe peeing is how that baby would have been born. <laughs> but he was also waiting for. Were a phone you call. him? Were you a mom, or were you watching from above? Um, I think I think I started as him, and then I zoomed up out of his body. Okay. But it probably doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Hi, welcome to One Tree Will, the podcast where we watch episodes of One Tree Hill and we talk about them. I'm Will, and I'm watching the show for the first time. And I'm Abby, and since the age of 12, I've never trusted a guy named Dan. If I meet a Dan, I'm like, I don't trust you. (laughs) Is that good? Yeah. AKA, I've seen the show a lot, and I grew up on it. I'm I'm a One Tree Hill bred kind of growl. You're One Tree Hillbilly. (gasps) I don't like that. <laughs> I thought I, I, for a second I liked it and I didn't. I, know, you I like good wordplay, but no, not that. Yeah. But we'll keep brainstorming. Mm. <laughs> okay, so we are on episode seven of One Tree Hill. Life in a Glass House. Yeah, which this is the first title for me that I don't really uh, click with. Like, I don't. All the other ones, it's like you get it. It's almost like too much, like too obvious why that's the title, but. Life in a glass house. I just don't. I don't know how that particular. What what would you is that a? It's not an idiom. What would you call that? Like the glass, like in if you're in a glass house, don't throw stones. Yeah. What is the phrase? Don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. If. <laughs> Here's what I think it is. Yeah. Dan invites all these people over to his glass house, and it. The whole point, he's throwing a big, we'll learn more about this soon, but he's throwing this big party and he invite, He wants to... I thought you were going to say he's throwing this huge stone. <laughs> he's throwing this huge rock. Um, but it's a party where Dan is really trying to impress some people. Mm. And in the process, he maybe insults some people. Yeah. And we realize that he's in a pretty precarious position. It's like super weird for Dan to yeah, offend people. It was people. pretty out of his psych... It was totally in character. I'm going to, like, play around with, like, the way I recap of it to, like, maybe give a little less detail. Um, I still want it to be, like, you know, I want people who've never seen the show and don't want to see it to still enjoy the story of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to see if I can, like, if it can, I'm just going to see if mm-hmm. I can guide us a little less and just, you know, throw it out there. And I'm just going to stay... My wacky self, I think. Yeah, you've been perfect. Thanks. Changed nothing about you. Was your senior superlative most likely to never change? What is it? We hope you never change. It was don't, it was don't change or else. Don't change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So we're with Brooke and Payton. They're walking into school. Um, and guess what they're talking about? Would you ever believe it? Brooke is asking Peyton if she's into Lucas. So we're still on this, like, we're basically being reminded that Brooke likes Lucas, Peyton likes Lucas, but Peyton won't admit it. So they're talking about Lucas as they're walking up to Lucas. They're very close to him. It's astonishing that he doesn't hear them. Brooke also recaps the last episode for us. Yeah. She's like, in case you forgot. And she looks directly at the camera. Yeah. She's like, hey, I'm Sophia Bush. I I play Brooke, your favorite bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I laughed because I hate using that word, but here we are. It gets used a lot in this episode. Um, don't know how I feel about it. <clears throat> so Brooke quickly flirts and leaves. She does the whole the whole flirt, flirt and flee, mm-hmm. the flirt flee. Um, and Payton sits down. Lucas is reading Great Gatsby. Feels like an important detail. Flirt or flight, or both. Yeah. Flirt and flight. Um, Peyton 
is talking about a book she read. And this is where she recaps their whole story so far. And it's like the bluntest she's been with him where she's more overtly basically saying, I want you to go to this party that the Scots are hosting because I want to see what can happen between the two of us. And that seems like the best place for it to happen. Absolutely. (laughs) No better place than an adult children party hosted at his, the dad that abandoned him's house. With, with ideally both of his, the mother, the mothers of his children will both be there. Yeah. And where Peyton's ex-boyfriend lives. Mm -hmm. Nothing smells, nothing smells romance. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Scott fumes. Pros will will dress up and will look good. Cons everything that we just said. Yeah, the cons every everyone that could sabotage our relationship will be there. But this is like the the most upfront. I was surprised by how kind of open she is with it. Well, she's describing the, the plot of a book, Abby. <laughs> no, yeah, she's but it doing sounds it, it sounds book. a lot like their sounds, their story. It sounds like a book that I would watch six episodes of for sure. But not read. No. So yeah, what do you, I don't know. This is, what did you think at this moment? Like, we were like, oh, it's on. Did you go like, oh, oh, it's on. I, I was pretty sure that it's on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, what's interesting is that in the last episode, her, she's up front about her relationship with Lucas, but not to Lucas. Mm-hmm. And so this is along that same vein, but it's a huge step forward. Yeah. Um, and it's like, they've had all of this buried sexual tension and she, she just like rips the rug out from, she, no, it's covered up and she uncovers it. Yeah. She takes that saran wrap. She's like, this isn't expired yet. Opens it up. Yeah. Um, so. In the book description, she calls it their evil dad's house. Wow. Which is true. Yeah. That's calling it like it is. Yeah. So Nathan and Haley are uh, studying, like, in the library or something like that. And Nathan brings up, this is where we find out, like, exactly what the party is. So it's hosted by Dan Scott, and um, Nathan calls it the kiss his ass jamboree. Peyton calls it the annual Scott money burn. Dang. So you can tell there are opinions about this. Um, Nathan says that he'd invite her, but, it would, you know, it's a basketball thing. And she says that's fine. And she hands him a study kit that she made him in a cute little metal tin, like a little Boy Scout tin. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's in it, but she's like, this is everything you need to pass your test next week. Which is a history test. And he says, why do I have to study history? <laughs> and she responds, so we're not doomed to repeat it. Dan, Nathan. Luke. Haley. Peyton. <laughs> Whitey. Brooke. Others. Pay attention to your history, kiddos. Mr. Kelly, <laughs> the teacher. I mean, I thought that was, it was almost a throwaway line, but it's also the entire story of the show. Yeah. Because we're starting to see in some of the relationships, you can you can imagine how this could all happen again. Yeah. Like already there are guys who, who have a crush on two girls. Yes. Is this, um, is this the show where they say time is a flat circle? Yeah, and then they take the piece of paper and they stab a pencil through it and they're like, this is how you time travel. Yeah, that's that's coming up, season two. I think every great show has a moment where they... Talk explain. about time travel. <laughs> oh, is that a Stranger Things? No, is that... Because the Stranger Things, they put the, the pen through the paper to show... Yeah. The upside down. Yeah. Alternate universes. It's something like that. That doesn't happen yet, but I'm pretty sure it's coming up. Trust me. I mean, if you ascribe to the multiverse theory there... It, there's a world where Lucas is living with Dan and Nate is Karen's son. Is that possible? It's just a matter of which sperm got there first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not true. No, it's not true. <laughs> you have-
had me for like <laughs> two seconds. I was like, you're a genius. And then I, and then I thought about it again and realized yeah. everything you just said was nonsense. <laughs> All right, for let's a second, yeah. you did the thing of like, you just like kind of say a concept confidently and everyone's just like, wow, you're amazing. Honestly, that's how I got to where I am <laughs> yeah. today. Like, wow. So then um, we have, everyone's talking about the party. So we can tell it's a big thing. So Keith and Karen are at the cafe. And Deb walks in and um, invites them in person to the party because they weren't planning on it and she wants them to come. So Karen is kind of like, okay, I'm convinced I want to go. Keith is completely not into it because as we know from last week, last time he saw Dan, it was not cute. Mm -mm. Um, And he brings up kind of what he said. So he does remember it. He wasn't too drunk to not remember saying I love you. Um, He said... And this, I thought this was important, this dialogue. So Keith says, I said some pretty crazy things. And Karen says, I don't remember anything crazy. Whoa. Yeah. You think... This is where you share your thoughts. Yeah, I did. I said, yeah, I agreed. You agreed that that's what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds about right to me. Would you listen to that podcast? Absolutely not. We were very critical of this moment. Yes, we were. And it, and it was nice that... Hold for ice cream truck. <laughs> Should we get some? God, I really wish that ice cream tasted good. Yeah, we have a neighborhood ice cream truck, but it's just so bad. <laughs> and it, it's torture because it, start, it stops outside of our house. Regularly. At yeah. 4.30 every single day. And the ice cream tastes bad. It's soft serve and it's bad. You can't... Um, it doesn't melt. It tastes like... Um, astronaut food. Yeah. But if the astronauts were like, the only way you can eat ice cream is to have this ice cream, they would, they would say, leave it off the list. We don't need it. <laughs> Give us another dehydrated bread stick. Where the fuck were we? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, he is a really nice guy, and he has been there all the time. And even yeah. if this, was, this wasn't like the ideal romantic way to maybe have this. And it no, hints yeah. that... Because like originally... My concern was, like, that he loves her and she, like, isn't there yet. Like, she loves him as a person but doesn't know if that's what she wants. Where, So then I was concerned that, like, he... I actually didn't remember that she was super cool with it. I thought that she was more more uncomfortable with it. Yeah. But it seems like, oh, maybe she feels the same way. Yeah, maybe. Very coy. Very coy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also... This was the moment when I realized that there are going to be... Many episodes of One Tree Hill, which are semi-elaborate scenarios to get all members of this extended dysfunctional <laughs> family in the same space together. Yeah. And I and I took a step back and I asked, I said, Will, are you okay with this? And what did Will say? He, he said, yeah, I'm down. There you have it. Yeah. We've got to keep moving forward. Yeah. Which reminds me of this episode. Moving forward? Yeah. Interesting, because I feel like we take some steps back. Oh, I mean just with, like, recapping it. Oh, correct. <laughs> okay, so then we're back in class, because remember how they're all in high school? And Brooke is, like, whispering with Nathan, and she tells him that Peyton wants to get back, or that Peyton's still interested in him. And this is where I wrote, sneaky little butt, because clearly she's up to something. You wrote sneaky Brooke. I wrote, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so th- th- that's happening in there. Um, we're not totally sure what Brooke's game plan is, but she, like, Peyton literally told her, like, I'm not interested in Nathan, and she's doing this. Yeah. Yeah, she's scheming. She's scheming. Lots of schemes in this one. So we're at basketball practice after school, and Jake comes late, and we kind of find out that he's been late a lot, and Whitey gives him a hard time for a second, but then lets him lets it go. Yeah. And I think I, we should let it go, too. There's probably nothing to this. Yeah. You want to just move on with the episode? Ju- yeah, I won't even say another so word. So it's just Jagaliski being Jagaliski. It's just Jaguski being Jagoski. Yeah. It's probably nothing. Yeah. Let's just move on. Okay. I won't say what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward. So <laughs> really nothing else happens. Lucas is like, what's going on with you, man? And Jake deflects. Listen, if you don't believe us, <laughs> just watch the episode, okay? Keaton is um, pulling out of the parking lot, so we're after school. She almost hits Haley, um, offers her a ride. So they're in the the car together, and they kind of go back to their 
old conversations, Peyton wants to know once and for all um, if, oh, she kind of was like, you brought up that he still cares about me, and I wanted to know if you are talking about Lucas or Nathan. And Haley's kind of like, I guess both. Um, and Peyton then gives Haley basically her permission to date Nathan if Haley wants to, but she says be careful. Peyton isn't being a mean girl in this situation. She does want information. I mean, she could have just driven off after almost hitting Haley. Murdering Haley, really. Yeah, in cold blood. Um, so for me, it was, it, was actually, it was a nice moment of... They were friendly. Mm. Yeah. And, like, the openness they had on that night of all nights is still there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then Brooke and Peyton um, are, like, getting ready together. And this is when Brooke tells Peyton that Nathan was saying that he's still hot for her. And she says, you two are meant to be together. So she's scheming. Mm -hmm. She's being a little sneaky little schemer. So then we go to Haley and Lucas. Um, they're getting ready. Everyone's getting ready for the party. Getting all fancy. It's like fancy. People are wearing like... Almost every woman is wearing a halter top dress. Mm -hmm. So from my fashion expert, I'd say this is a 2002. And... Um, the guys are wearing like shirts and ties. So Gaucho pants. Um, ch and chinos. Yeah. Combing their hair. Docs. Chuck Taylors. <laughs> so, um, Haley is putting on Lucas's tie for him. Cute. Yeah. And this is where the truth is coming out. This app. She admits outright that she likes. She like likes Nathan. And she doesn't just like Nathan. She like likes him. Yeah. And Lucas is not happy about it, but he says... Because he's a little angel. Because he's my angel, our angel now. Our darling angel. He says, I don't like it, but I get it. Just be careful. And Haley's like, why is everybody telling me to be careful with this guy? There's been so much drama about the Nathan, Haley, Lucas. Not really a love triangle, but something. No. What, what do you think? Well, this is a big moment. <laughs> It's... I'm asking you because, first of all, that's what this <laughs> podcast is. I know. <laughs> You're looking at me like, why are you asking me how I feel? <laughs> and it's your first time, and I think it's more interesting to hear what you have to say. <laughs> You're just like, oh, like, stop, stop making me <laughs> talk about this. about them. <laughs> I want to talk about the basketball. <laughs> There's no basketball. No, there's a little bat. There's some pickup. Well, it's not enough. It's not, <laughs> it's not regulation play. Uh, they, Haley and Lucas are, when they're not keeping secrets from each other, they're <laughs> great communicators. And they yes. forgive each other very quickly. And it makes me wonder, I mean, how big would the thing be to break this friendship? And I want to see it. <laughs> you want to see it? We just want to watch their friendship I want burn. Crumble. I want to see it just crunched into the ground. Well, can I talk about their relationship a little bit? I would love you to. Um, I've been I've been begging you to talk about the relationship for months now. Yeah. And you keep on saying it's not my business. <laughs> it is our business. It doesn't concern me. <laughs> I'm meant to, and I do, love Lucas so much more. And he's so much more fun to hang out with, it seems like. And not that that means that she has to have a crush on him. Yeah. But I th I think it means that she has, like, good taste in friendship. Yeah. Well, I but like I guess that doesn't like always Haley. line up with a relationship. But, like, I like yeah. Haley so much. Like, it's not, like, excluding Lucas, I like Haley so much more than I like Nathan. <clears throat> right. And when, when your favorite person is interested in your least favorite person, especially when she's nice and he's not. Yeah. But I feel like that happens in real life. We're just, like, nice people. Yeah. Because they're nice and forgiving and graceful, they they like, or gracious, I guess, like they like people who are not those things back. Or I think what is also happening is because their brain is working in a compassionate way, when they look at other people, they're imagining that that's how all brains are working. Yeah. You know? Like I or think they're trying to of, see the best. Yeah. And because they're like emotionally intelligent as well as intelligent, sometimes those people yeah. are... are will see the best in people at a moment 
and it, and it can lead to then getting personally involved. Yeah. Where it's like, do try to see the best in people, but also protect yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to let your guard down for love, you know? Oh, that you do. And you have to let your point guard down, your shooting guard. Exactly. <laughs> and I think we'll see that Haley's mouth guard. Haley's little like care package that she sent with him is definitely that's her armor, you know. She's taken off her armor, I think. Mm. So Dan is getting ready for the party and he's flirting with like a young female bartender. Um, and she's into it. Ugh. They're talking about the perfect Manhattan. Super great conversation. Um, it's so gross. I hate it. Um, Deb sees it all and she kind of comments on it, but she lets it go. And she tells him to be nice to Karen and Lucas because she invited them. Yeah. So it's it's setting up a lot for Dan to fail at, I think. Dan knows that he invited them, but he sort of plays it off as they should have known that it was just like a, like a gesture. Yeah. And Deb, Deb tells him that she went there in person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the same conflict between the two of them of her trying to be to reach out and to be a human and him being evil. And this is when he says, you know how important tonight is for me, which is true of everything. Yes. You know, he could say that every single day about almost every single thing. That's before. so true. You know how important this game is for me. You know how important this match is for me. Are they raising money for basketball? Is that what it is? It's saying thank you to the sponsor. Like, I think okay. it's sort of... Yeah, it's a weird thing to make about him. Yeah. But it's all status. You know, he's... Yeah. So, um, then we see Lucas, Karen, and Keith all walking up to the party together. Looking good. Looking very good. And Lucas is like, we need a signal if we want to leave. And they come up with, caw! Pretty cute. Um, And I just write down, daytime party! Because it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) Start early. So we cut to Dan making a speech about um, the theme of his speech is spirit. Uh, and he makes a, just a great joke, Dan. Super, super funny quip. He says, for some of you, spirit just means alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just makes a speech about spirit. <laughs> How you, did you like that joke, Will, that he made? It felt a little easy. His delivery was a lot, but everyone, everyone laughed. Yeah, they're eating out of palm of his hand. hand. Um, and w- dur- while he's making the speech, we we see a lot of people looking at a lot of people, mm-hmm. which is maybe my favorite moment of this episode. So he's talking, and we see Peyton is looking at Lucas. Brooke is looking at Lucas. Lucas is looking at Peyton and smiling, but Brooke thinks that he's looking at Brooke. Nathan is looking at Peyton. Whitey is eating all of the cashews out of a bowl of nuts. Yeah. He's picking out the cashews. It's really that was that's fault. That's my favorite moment of the episode. Yeah, this this whole like all the the side things happening during the speech were the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so this it's kind of a, a nice visual reminder. One more time, Peyton and Brooke both into Lucas, Chad McMurray. Uh, Lucas is into Peyton, and Nathan we don't know. We don't know. He's maybe into Peyton. We don't know. Um. And Dan deliberately thanks everybody but Whitey. And Tim, poor man Zach Efron, mm-hmm. who's best friends with Nathan, calls Lucas Pucus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really good. Yeah. It's also funny. Tim has two of my favorite lines. It's Pucus. And then he talks about how his parents are always stayed at the end of the party. He's like watching them. And Tim, poor man Zach Efron, is like, he's, he's Nathan's lackey, you know? Yeah, he's like yeah. his sidekick. And he's, he's looking at his parents and he just goes, God, my parents are such suck-ups. <laughs> and he's, he's like he the like biggest follows Nathan up. around. That's <laughs> a really telling moment. Yeah. But I think he felt like my, okay, if, if I were to write my fan fiction, it would be like Tim is deeply in love with Nathan, but he just doesn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Because I think he follows him around not to be cool, but because he genuinely, like, loves Nathan. <laughs> I think he thinks that, like, the sun shines out of Nathan's pee hole. So Payne and Lucas are looking at each other hard as Nathan looks at them looking at each other. And th- I cannot emphasize enough that this is all done in complete silence at a party. Like, no one's saying anything, but they're all, 
they're not looking at each other out of the corner of their eyes like oh I'm, I'm looking but I don't they are just blatantly looking at yeah. each other severe eye contact they say nothing it's like the scene in in a movie or a TV show where someone is flirting across a bar but it's happening <laughs> in a sustained fashion for the entire first half of the episode yes yeah it, it only happens this never happens in real life I have never looked at somebody in the eye across the room if I do I look away because I'm so embarrassed that they saw me looking at them. Sometimes you maybe even throw up like pucus. Just like pukey. <laughs> like, yeah. I've never... It's, if, I, like, if I look at somebody, if we make eye contact on the train, I like, consider going to a different train car. <laughs> that's, like, that's the amount of... Like, the, like I do not want to be at all vulnerable mm-hmm. with anybody. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's, I mean, gloves are off, people have taken off their armor, the cat's out of the bag. talking about your armor. (laughs) Everyone's taking off their armor. The cat's out of the bag. That's what I'll say. Yeah. In this moment, it really feels like the cat is out Out of of the the bag. bag. Hey folks, thanks for listening to One Tree Will. I'm Will, from the podcast. Uh, if you like the show, please tell your friends about it and tell them to listen to it with you um, on Old Timey Radio, Gather Around a Fire, at the end of every day. We have seven episodes now, so if you're just starting, that's one for every day of the week. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at One Tree Will, the number and then the words, or on Facebook at One Tree Will. Uh, we don't have any sponsors right now, but we like the people who listen to it like harry harry thank you for listening to our podcast also a special shout out to patrick buddy who makes a lot of the music that we use in the pod uh you can find him at patrickbuddy.com or wherever books are sold (laughs) (laughs) Uh, back to the pod So Brooke um, goes up to the, the bartender who we've already like learned, you know, is not very professional. And she clearly knows Brooke isn't 21. She taught like Brooke says she's in high school, but because she asks for a screaming orgasm, the bartender's like, you're all right. And she makes her a drink. But this is what a screaming. I don't know what a screaming orgasm is as a cocktail. But what the bartender does is pour one liquid from one cup into a solo cup and hands it to Brooke. So she had pre-made screaming orgasms, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's on tap wrote, or something. I wrote, everything about this is wrong, <laughs> both ethically, morally, and factually. The drink itself. I'll have a screaming orgasm, a very obscure cocktail that nobody orders. Great, I have that one pre-prepared. Maybe it's a local brewery. <laughs> No, yeah. It's the name of a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is important, though, because we know that Brooke has an in and will be drinking during yeah. during the party. And Tim tries to get a drink and just gets denied he gets, wholeheartedly. He immediately gets some sodi pop. Yeah, some sodies. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see the actual adults at the bar. Keith is not drinking. Um, Whitey knows the bartender's name. <laughs> Karen says something, and to Karen, he just goes, most grown-ups call me Whitey, <laughs> which I just thought was, like, a cr- ridiculous sentence to say. That should have been a moment for him where he realized that he'd made some wrong choices. <laughs> yes. And, oh, the, Whitey to Karen also says, because as a reminder, Karen was a cheerleader at, the, at Tree Hill High when Whitey was still coaching, and Whitey says, seeing, <laughs> he says, seeing, in my, seeing you in my gym really turns... And I just definitely thought he was going to say, turns me on. But he says, turns back the clock. Mm-hmm. That's There's your wholesome content. There's a weird moment, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little... It's also why he's had a couple drinks already yeah, whiskey. of whiskey. Yeah. Or scotch. Keith is having fizzy water. <laughs> <laughs> and he lets us know. Yeah. Um, so then Lucas and Peyton, for the billionth time this episode, are just looking at each other from the cross room. I want to yell at them, um, but they're about to actually speak. They're walking mm-hmm. towards each other. Brooke blocks Lucas's path. I wrote, no. Um, 
and Jake is also there. And we find out that Jake is leaving the party early again. It's probably nothing. I think we can maybe just... Yeah, I don't know why they keep on harping on this. I'm not going to think... I'm not going to give another moment to think about. No. I bet after this episode we never see Jaguski again. Yeah. I bet actually what it was was that they had written a bigger part Mm -hmm. for the actor who plays Jack Lyoska. And (laughs) he... uh, but he had like a prior commitment. He was like, "Oh, I, like I, my sister's a piano recital this afternoon. Can I leave set early?" And, and you're like, like, "That's a completely appropriate excuse. Yeah. Absolutely, please She's leave. good. She's very good at piano." Yeah. So Jake has to leave the party early again, but we've already decided that that's that we don't want to dig further. He just says he has obligations. So Brooke asks Lucas to come because she's having a, she's having an after party. Um, and she wants the party to start early with Pucus. She says, we have a jacuzzi and a naked me in the jacuzzi. That She's is... 16 years old. Yeah. It's an, it's an incredible... I mean, one screaming orgasm got her to this to this point. So this is where... It's funny to me that she says we could start the after party early. She's trying <laughs> during to start... the party. Yeah, she's trying to start the after party during She's the trying party. to start a rival party. Yeah. And Dan is not having it. He's like... He comes up to Brooke and he's like... Do you know how important this night is to me? Well, he's kind of... That's just what he's saying to everyone at the party right now. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. Do you know how important this night is to me? <laughs> and people are loving it. People Because he keeps on making the spirit joke, and then he... Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is when we, we get kind of like a comedy of errors, all facilitated by Brooke, but it's not funny at all it's very frustrating no because nathan is wearing the same thing as brooke and <laughs> lucas and everyone's like, thinks that nathan is brooke and doesn't know doesn't know who he's talking to meanwhile peyton accidentally is wearing the smock of a friar oh my gosh <laughs> no it's yeah so so the, their staring is interrupted by nathan slides in and starts talking to <laughs> slides in. yeah so 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 Peyton and Lucas want to talk to each other, but Brooke intercepts Lucas, Nathan intercepts Peyton. Lucas tells Brooke, I'm sorry, I'm interested in somebody else. But just in time, Brooke says, oh, are you sure you're into Peyton? I'm pretty sure she's getting back together with Nathan. We turn around, Nathan is talking to Peyton, and Peyton is saying, I don't want to talk to you. I'm interested in Lucas, but then Nathan goes, oh, look over there, and we turn around, and Lucas is talking to Brooke. So now we have Lucas and Peyton both thinking that the other is interested in somebody else, where meanwhile, this whole time, they're just trying to talk to each other. It's very frustrating. Yeah. It's it's a real bummer. It means that we've spent the first bit of the episode getting to this party we think we're immediately going to be satisfied with the couples pairing off in the way that we want. Mm-hmm. Did boy, you think that? <laughs> you thought everything was just going to work out? Thought it might be easy this time around. Not in this town. Um, yeah, so then Karen's leaving the bathroom, and she gets cornered by Sherry. If you remember, Sherry is Tim's stepmom, and she's the worst, and I thought her name was Cherry. Um, she makes kind of like slut-shaming con- conduct? <laughs> con comments there it is mm-hmm. at karen being like oh both scott brothers i guess we need a scorecard and deb comes and saves her uh so the nathan and peyton nathan asks peyton to talk privately so they go to the game room or his bedroom i think it's about his bedroom but it looks like a game room and um brooke walks in and makes a, a comment about like oh i'm gonna give you guys space and peyton finally snaps which feels very satisfying for me as a viewer and she goes brooke give it up and she calls her out for being basically a shitty friend, um, saying, like, you're manipulating everybody to get what you want. But she still doesn't admit that she likes Lucas. But she she storms out. And Nathan's also mad at Brooke. So everyone's mad at Brooke. Yeah. So everyone storms out and leaves Brooke. She opens up a drawer in Nathan's bedroom that has vodka in it. And um, she, like, starts to drink it. So we know she's about to get even drunker. But she also finds, uh-oh, can you guess? It's awful. The worst thing she could possibly find, Haley's... The baby shoes. Baby, never worn. Never worn. For sale. <laughs> she finds two baby shoes with a little for sale tag on them. Never worn. She moves... She's uninterested. She moves them out of the way underneath it. She finds Haley's the, care package. Yeah. And, and she's she, like, this isn't as bad, but I'll, I'll take a look. So she... <laughs> 
<laughs> she opens it up and she sees a note from Haley. First thing I've heard of all this. For sure. And Haley has been like wishing Nathan luck and says, if you need anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of Haley admitting that she likes Nathan, but Brooke has read it. Yeah. And in the context of it just being between two people, it would still mean that, but it would also be about the test. You know? Yes. I think it's I think it's a little bit vulnerable, but yeah. as long as no one else reads it, yeah. it's not an incredibly vulnerable moment. You know, it, but but Brooke reading it, it's in the like hands, the worst case scenario. In the hands of a Brooke. <laughs> yeah. We're back with Dan and the bartender. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And Keith and Dan see each other and <laughs> sparks fly. <laughs> Dan is like basically wants an apology. He's like, can't we just both apologize to each other and have this be done? And Keith says, I'm not going to apologize to you. And also you need to apologize to everyone but me. You need to apologize to your sons and to Karen and to Deb. Um, and it just doesn't go well. Dan is like, I'm not having this conversation right now. Do you know? He says, do you know how important this night is to me? Do you me? know how important this night is to me? <laughs> And Keith says, I'm so sorry, I had no idea. I'll go. You should have just told me. Keith leaves town. Keith runs out of town. He has his rucksack. He thought it was a costume party. (laughs) He's dressed as a one tree hillbilly. (laughs) I was just telling Will that like my my least favorite um like trope, especially in rom coms, is when somebody shows up to a party thinking it's a costume party and they're outfits like really inappropriate it makes me it it makes me so uncomfortable i can't do it so peyton finally gets to talk to lucas um and they're kind of both like i've been trying to talk to you all night um she says her and nathan are through and she touches his face to wipe off brooke's lipstick from his cheek and brooke sees this and she's very drunk so she calls out to everybody she she stops the basketball from happening which is maybe her biggest crime this episode yeah we wanted to see more basketball. Um, she says, let's play truth or dare. So she first dares Teresa. <laughs> Maybe this is my favorite. <laughs> she has Teresa who, if you remember, Teresa was in like the second episode um, where she does never have her ever. So Teresa's back. She dares Teresa to go pinch Whitey's ass. And Teresa just smiles and leaves to go do it. <laughs> and we never see her again. <laughs> so at some point, while other things are happening, maybe we can find like the perfect moment where while... Two characters are, like, having a conversation. We know at the same time, <laughs> Teresa's also pinching Coach Whitey's butt. Yeah. I like imagining her walking around the party <laughs> with her fingers in pinch position. <laughs> Just looking on the hunt. <laughs> how do you do that in a way that isn't mortifying? How would you do that? If you were Teresa, how would you do it? Oh, don't show me. <laughs> like, I think I'd, like, pretend to trip and accidentally pinch his butt and be like oh, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I would maybe say I would maybe say like oh you have something on your <laughs> you have something on your pants and then I would give him a big old pinch and I would say oh sorry it was just it was me it was just that booty <laughs> <laughs> that might be what I would say I think I would be like okay and I'd go and I'd go away for 10 minutes and I'd come back and say I did it I think I would yeah <laughs> if we're if we're answering this question seriously Mm -hmm. dare i would go away i would walk into the bathroom i would pinch myself on the butt really hard (laughs) and then i'd walk around and be like i pinched the butt i pinched i pinched the butt i pinched the butt that's what i would do so brooke dares peyton to finally show everyone how she feels and kiss lucas she's throwing the rules of truth or dare out the window because it's both and oh they don't get to choose truth or dare she just makes them all do dares. Yeah. And she, after someone does something, they don't get a turn. Oh, right. She's yeah, just she's like, just in charge. Yeah. So Peyton does it. She Big deal. Them. Right in the mouth. Right in the lips. I think a French kiss. It's hard. It's a hard kiss. After all that looking, it was just what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after all, the hard, after all the hard stares. Yeah. I thought, who boy. We've wanted this to happen for a long time. I paused that episode and I started writing a thank you note to the showrunner. <laughs> Dear showrunner, thank you so much for the kiss in episode 7. Dear viewer, <laughs> thank, thank you so much for your appreciation. I, when I started writing this show, 
I had no idea so many American teenagers would appreciate it so much, and it just means the world to me. Thank you. Keep writing. Love, Mark Schwann. Is that his name? He goes by many names. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then Peyton storms off, and nobody is happy. Mm-mm. And Nathan looks... Lucas is a little happy because he, he got a kiss. But yeah, it but wasn't it's... the way that any of us would have wanted it. No, yeah. no. It was a revenge kiss. It was like a coerced revenge kiss. And Nathan tells... And I don't like his language, but I do appreciate the sentiment. He tells Brooke that she's being a bitch. And then she gets flirty with him. And for the second time in seven episodes, he goes, put some ice on it. <laughs> <laughs> It's becoming his catchphrase. You know, in That's sitcoms, really people have like, did I do that? <laughs> Nathan says, put some ice on it, America. Tonight is really important to me. Put some ice on it, Dad. <laughs> um, but I kind of, en- I liked this moment from Nathan. Yeah. Because actually, like, the, the kiss hurt him because it was his ex-girlfriend. But also, like, it wasn't really his problem. And he, it's like a slightly selfless reason to be mad, you know? He's, he doesn't like the manipulation that's going on, which is rare for him. He well, usually likes bullying. A lesser, you know, I would say that Nathan, during a weaker moment, would have blamed Peyton. And yes. he, in this moment, he saw that it was Brooke who did it. Yeah, and she, yeah, she's she's on a warpath. Yeah. So Peyton um, finds Lucas, or Lucas finds Peyton, and they're by the swing set, and Lucas basically asks, was that kiss a game or not? And Peyton says, like, yes. And then she kind of gets quiet and says, not really. And she says, want to play again. So they're about to kiss for realsies this time. Yeah. When Haley interrupts them with a bunch of cake in her hands. They're in boxes. Yes. She's not holding two handfuls of cake. That would be bad. That would be ridiculous. Uh, Huge moment. Yeah. But I'm glad this moment happened because I I had just put a stamp on my envelope to the showrunner. And I thought, I'm going to hold on to this because it seems like... Dear listener, please bring send me more letters. I deeply appreciate it. I don't know if I want to do this a series regular for us, Abby. There you have it. But they were about to kiss. Mm-hmm. Finally, 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 but they don't. But now so, we know that that's that's going to be the image that Haley hangs on to. She's like, "Oh, <laughs> this is how tonight is is going to go for Peyton and Lucas." Yeah. So then Haley delivers the cakes to Karen, and Karen tells her that she knows it to, that she's tutoring Nathan and that she's cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so tension nice. is quickly dissolved. Yeah, like a fine mist on a summer morning. And also, Deb invites Haley to stay. So now Haley's at the party. Yeah. So Lucas and Peyton are back on the swings this time, being cute, finally, I wrote. They're finally being cute. Um, and Lucas says, what's next? Or what next? And Peyton grabs him and says, come on, very suggestively. Meanwhile, Dan has been spying and sees this whole thing take place. It's weird. They're teenagers. He's an adult. That's his bastard. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> So the Nathan. <laughs> There's something about saying your bastard is so different from his, his bastard. <laughs> well, just, no never, bastard of mine. I don't know if I've ever. I've never used the word bastard until this podcast. Yeah. So Nathan sees Haley at the party, and he's kind of being sweet to her. He says, "Like I'm glad you're here." While this is happening, Haley, no, Brooke sees this. So Brooke is very drunk at this point. And she goes up to them, teases them, says, like, you two are adorable. And she starts to quote the letter that Haley wrote to Nathan. And she says that, that Nathan had been passing the note around. A lie. A, a bald-faced lie. And Haley goes, stay away from me, and leaves. And I just wrote, Brooke! Like, she's hurting this person that she barely knows. Yeah. Just because she's drunk and angry. It's it's low point for Brooke. Mm. This whole time I've been like talking about how much I like Brooke. It it really makes me not like her. Yeah. And and we know sort of that Haley's been set up to believe this because 
anytime anyone finds out that she's spending time with Nathan, every single one of them warns her. Yes. And she's sort of brushed off every single one of those things, but it's all built up. And then this is sort of, yeah. Yeah, she has Brooke no reason to not believe Brooke. Right. She's been waiting for a moment like this, basically. Her whole to prove life. Ever, to, <laughs> yeah. For all my life. Um, Brooke ruins everything in this moment. Yes. Th- this episode should be called Brooke Ruins Everything. But it isn't. So, Deb and Karen are buddying up. Maybe Brooke is in the glass. Is Brooke, who's in the glass house? Everyone, they're all in the glass house and they're the- all throwing stones. Yeah, they're all throwing rocks. So, um, Deb and Karen are bonding. And they both basically say that they like each other. They're like, I didn't think that I'd like you. I didn't want to like you. But I do. And meanwhile, and Dan is spying again. He's He goes around, standing in the background, whispering, Tonight's really bad for you. <laughs> over and over again. Um, so Karen gets vulnerable and asks Deb, Did you know that... Did you know about me when you got with Dan? And this is when we find out the timeline. So... Um, I'm just going to spell it out because we finally get the timeline of what happened. So um, Karen gets pregnant right after high school, tells Dan, but Dan decides to leave her and go to college instead of helping her. So they're broken up. Basically an orientation right at the beginning of college, so a few months later. um, um, It's a month after Karen knew she was pregnant. Dan meets Deb. And they start dating. A few months after that, so probably like four months after Karen finds out she's pregnant, Deb is also pregnant. So both of them were pregnant at the same time. Deb did not find out that Karen existed, Karen and Lucas existed, until after they were married. I can't believe that. And had moved back to Tree Hill. Wild. Wrong astonishing can you imagine (laughs) i think that that would maybe be the loneliest moment for definitely in deb's life to find out all that in a new town with a newborn and to know that everyone that you've met so far in this small town has known that maybe before you have yes yeah yeah and that kind of goes back to like Originally, you think that Nathan and Deb, like, got the better hand because they got to have a husband and father. But in that moment, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but I get why, like, you know, it's, I don't know, it, it makes me personally, I think you could see it as, like, a weakness that she, like, stayed with him. But I, I just think deb is like really complicated and strong in this moment deb says to karen i'm actually really glad that i didn't meet you then are we then to believe that she hasn't really talked to karen until until this year until like the show starts i think so wow that they they just avoid each other yeah deb basically says i'm still glad it all happened because now i have nathan Mm -hmm. and karen says the same about lucas yeah which again separates the way that they view it all from the way that dan views it all Mm. he still regrets it even though he has two cool sons Mm -hmm. (laughs) like he doesn't he puts a lot before them yeah so okay this is where we get (laughs) the scene the scene we've all been waiting for here we go lucas and peyton Burst into a bedroom. And she will be I was gonna do a thing where it was like fun trivia of having them like try to guess what do song it. was playing. I'll cut that out. <laughs> That's the beauty of potting. Do it, Abby. Is I'm glad okay. you told me. This is good. I'm figuring it out. Okay, so this. And she will. <laughs> oh, wow! You pranked me. Yeah. You pranked me. <laughs> I'm done. You take over. Okay. I don't remember what happened. (laughs) So Lucas and Peyton burst into a bedroom with Maroon 5 blasting in the background. And she will be loved. 
this is one of the first songs that I listened to with headphones. Because <laughs> I didn't have... And it, it, the sound quality was, like, really good. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure. I didn't have a Walkman until 8th grade. Wow. When did you get a cell phone? 10th grade. Dang. But you know I was sexing on that thing immediately. <laughs> T9? I only have a hundred like... <laughs> words. <laughs> what is that? A hundred texts? <laughs> Gotta make them count. They were so precious. Yeah. It was like, if, if any of my friends texted me, hey, yeah. they were no longer my friend. <laughs> like, you clearly don't care about you me. You don't get it. No. You're from the other side of town. <laughs> yeah, you have unlimited texts. Well, some of us don't. Oh, you have a razor? You haven't even heard of the brand of my phone. <laughs> Mine is like a, a pazer. <laughs> Mine doesn't have a single hinge. <laughs> so we're we are really getting off track from the most pivotal Sorry, scene yeah. of the entire ep. So Maroon Five is playing and they start making out, like macking, full on snogging. Yeah. Um, we're talking book five of the Harry Potter series level snogging. I would say book six with Ron and Lavender. You told me your theories before. What are my theories? Oh, my theories. <laughs> my theories about like how far Ron and Lavender go? Yeah. Okay, moving on. I mean, I think she gives them blowjobs, and that's as far as they go. <laughs> I think there's heavy petting with Cho. Oh, yeah. What else? <laughs> <laughs> when you say, I think, you mean... I think about the heavy petting. No, I don't think about it. I just think that, like, realistically, these these relationships would have had just a little more to kiss and more than kissing. Do you think Dumbledore was gay? Yes. But I... But <laughs> we're so <laughs> off track. We're so off track. Okay. Um, so they're... <laughs> I don't she even know how to get it. So they are making out, and Peyton is, like, very aggressive, and Lucas is into it, and she starts unbuttoning his shirt. It's, I would say it's hot. It's hot. And he goes, I've wanted this for so <laughs> He goes, I've wanted this for so long. She says, me too. Now we can have it. And Lucas says, no. This is, this, he gets very poetic here. <laughs> very vulnerable. So he says, no, I want this. And he puts his hand on her heart and on his heart. He says, I want to be here. I want to have everything with you. I want it all. I want us. Ooh. She broke up like a week ago. Yeah. And she says, this isn't supposed to be that. And she leaves. It's brutal. It's brutal. She Doesn't she say, why did you have to ruin it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's very, very bad. It's The it's highest bad. of highs followed by the lowest of lows. Yeah. Um, I did I did want to just discuss the moment before they enter the room because they do the typical thing of bursting, like bursting through a door, basically kicking the door down and instantly starting making out. Like that's a very rom-com thing, but it's usually late at night bursting into like your apartment or your house. But this is a house filled with their parents. And they, so I just want to know... How'd they get from, like, walking to the room to just, like, slamming open the door and just already being making out? Like, what was that like? What do we think? It's a guest room, we think? Yeah. Yeah. They just... I, were they just bursting through doors? <laughs> looking for a there vacant was, room? There's a long hallway involved. That's how I would block it. We get to have... Like, we have the same thing of Lucas. I've wanted this for so long, and then it just falls apart so quickly. Yeah. Well, and it makes you wonder with their connection up until this point. I mean, are they on the same page? Or do they? Clearly not. They don't want the same thing. Or does she want it, but she's afraid? Yeah. It is a lot to ask that quickly. Whew. Um... So Dan, again, is fine. I don't know how he's everywhere, but he is. There's like eight of them. He's doing sorcery again where there's like eight Dans at this party. Yeah. All spying on children. He sees Peyton leave the guest room. <gasps> Did you hear my gasp? Yes. <laughs> Maybe when he's talking about the spirits at the beginning, everyone laughs. And he's like, why are you laughing at my joke about talking about how important the spirits are? He's invoking them he's through invoking, his speech. Yeah. He's haunting the place. 
he's haunting his own house. Maybe, yeah, it's like a Horcrux bastard thing. <laughs> so a lot of Harry Potter. Of <laughs> yeah, okay, so one of the Dan's... Of the a, maybe this is a spirit Dan or do you think this is the real Dan? He do you seems think the corporeal. spirits are the spirits watching and then they report to Dan? They're like, get to get to the guest room now. He has many eyes. I think what it is is when there's like a Dan just watching the background that we don't see. That's when he's possessed one of Tim's parents. <laughs> so like weak souled people. Sherry. Yeah, Sherry. Tim's parents. That's, Tim. It's, it's Sherry. Yeah. Yeah, so he has, like, spies yeah. through. Okay. And I think they were originally going to use more of that footage, but then in the edit, it didn't make sense to have the scene where he, like, whoosh. So Dan sees Peyton leave the room, and he walks, just, you know, walks into the room, and he sees Lucas, who's, like, buttoning back up his shirt and putting on his tie. So, you know, this implies that they had sex. And even though sees, they didn't. He sees Peyton leaving not in a good mood. Yes. It it's, doesn't look good on Lucas. No. Yeah. Not at all. But Dan, it's just so inappropriate. Dan basically gives him shit for, like, having sex. It's so gross. He's like, you harp on me from the mistakes I made, and you're you're just as bad. Which, like, I don't even want to unpack how wrong that statement is, because I feel like it's obvious, like, the amount of reasons that's wrong in every single way. Mm-hmm. It, I just don't even want to give it the time of day. It's so, it's disgusting. Ugh. It also shows one of the myriad of ways in which Dan doesn't even understand why what how he's living is wrong. <laughs> yes. Ugh. It's 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 just like it that means that he thinks the mistake was like being with Karen. <sighs> in a way, you know, or like yeah. he doesn't I don't even know. Ugh. I I can't. Do you have it? I don't have We don't have to. to. Say? I can't either. We can't. <laughs> we can, we cannot even um, but Lucas knows that this is wrong. Yeah, Lucas like Lucas isn't buying it, but it still shakes him. But it kind of doesn't. I don't know. He's semi shook. But I think he's maybe more shook by what Peyton said. Mm-hmm. He's just not having it. He's like, like it's not the same thing. It's none of your business. Don't kill me. It's it's gross, and he lets it be gross. Um, so then he basically calls Lucas, calls call at Karen. And says, I'm going to leave. So Karen and Keith are going to leave with him. He pushes Brooke off as he goes. She's still, tr- she's so drunk, trying to get with him. And he's like, not now. And he leaves. So then, naturally, Brooke goes to the next guy that's around. And that's Jagoskis. Jake Jabusus. And he rejects her, too. And he says, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And Brooke you know, says some crappy things to him and is like, I want to know what your secret is, like why you haven't been around, what's going on. And he gets in close and whispers to her, the truth would kill your buzz. And he leaves. Woo. Jake. But we can't emphasize enough, nothing's going on with Jake. Yeah, it's more of, you know how he is. (laughs) (laughs) Some kind of, some, yeah. Um, let's not spend any more time, I'm sure. So I think that's the last we see of Jake this episode, right? For sure. I think the last we ever see of him. So then... Moving on! <laughs> so, um, Dan sees Karen as she's leaving, and he says, why are you doing this? God, he's the worst. There's just... He's the worst. So Karen says, um, well, it's... This is me getting to move on. And Dan says, tonight is really important. <laughs> and Karen... Karen tells him to stop living in the past because everyone else is. And she leaves. Pretty cool. Everyone's telling off Dan tonight. Even though the night is so... Like, if if they all knew how important this night was to him, maybe they wouldn't be so mean. Yeah, he, probably, he should have told someone how important the night was to him. <laughs> so Lucas goes to the... In cap- his speech, we didn't talk about this, in his speech he brings up the fact that they're undefeated except for the game they lost against the dads. Yes. In, like, a jokey way. And the fact that he doesn't realize how deeply humiliating and how bad he looked on the court. I would be I would so not ashamed bring that up. to ever bring that up. <laughs> I would want everyone to forget. Yeah. So um, Lucas goes to the cafe to look for Haley um, and she's hiding and crying. And she tells him that she's crying because of something Nathan did. She doesn't tell him why. Um 
I feel like this we've is, had a lot of conversations in that position. Sitting on Not the ground crying. against a counter? Yeah, or like in a hallway. Yeah. So that felt realistic. Oh, yeah. It's a very friendy thing good, to do. Good like, blocking. To, yeah. yeah. Like sitting against lockers. That's how we like used to all sit before school. And this is where Chad Michael Murray, as an actor, chooses to wipe Haley's tear, then look at it on his finger. <laughs> it's a weird choice. And for continuity, they were like, well, I guess we have to do that every time now. <laughs> and they have a cute, like, Moana forehead bump. Yeah. Um, Which is nice because there's a justified kiss here, in a way. Hmm. Of, like, there's a world where they're both worked up. They both have this, like, high emotional intensity. And I like that. I don't know what the future holds, but I do really like that in this moment. It's just... It's platonic. It's intimate, and it's friendship, and they still have it at the end of the night. That's really important to me. Yeah, and, and, Nathan, and Haley's basically like, now we can go back to normal, just being the two of us. And Lucas says, yeah, they can have their world. So they've both kind of been like rejected by these people and have decided, just you and me now. Um, so the, they're cleaning up the party, and Dan and Deb are together. And Deb is actually really happy with Dan's behavior because he didn't make a scene. And she didn't see any of the shady stuff he did do. And all the spying, and she didn't notice the spirits in the possession. Yeah. Um, but he's now well, because there's a hex on her <laughs> from day one. God, Dan. God, Dan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but now D- Dan is mad at Deb. I really wish their names weren't Dan and Deb. I hate saying it. <laughs> um, so now he's mad because I, th- I it had to do with her talking to Karen. Um, meanwhile, Nathan sees the letter from Haley and it all dawns on him what Brooke was talking about. So now we see that he hadn't even read it yet. So mm-hmm. he definitely, you know, wasn't a part of that. So then he goes to the cafe to see Haley and, you know, try to explain. She won't open the door and he is like, please like let me in and she looks at him, turns off the light and walks away. Yeah. Which like in any other scenario would be really badass, but this one it's kinda like, oh but it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's when we get a huge reveal. <laughs> so we hear that while that scene is happening, it's we hear... It's underscored by a beautiful song. Yeah, just a beautiful acoustic guitar, yeah. gentle voice. And who is that playing the guitar and singing? It's Jake Jagaskas. And he's playing the guitar, and it pans out, and he's singing a song to a baby. Human. A human child, begot of man <laughs> and woman, swaddled oh in a crib, listening to his acoustic croons. It's his child. We should have paid attention to the warning signs. We apologize. <laughs> That's our bad. That's our bad. I forgot until this point in the recap that all of his excuses were actually, he's yeah. taking care of. This kid. Yeah, so we find out he is the dad. He says, Daddy loves you. So we go into the montage. There's no quote at the end of this one. Big old bummer, because I wanted to hear some great Gatsby. We don't know who the mom is. We don't know who the mom is. No. But it's baby. And in the montage, we see Dan and Deb are mad at each other. Nathan goes into his room, and and Brooke is passed out on his floor. Um, and Peyton is on her webcam drawing and the cartoon she's drawing is like a scene from the bedroom with her and Lucas where he says, I've wanted this for so long. Now we, now we can have it. And she adds a T so it becomes now we can't have it. And Lucas is watching this. He doesn't see what she's drawing, but he's watching on her webcam. She takes off her jacket and covers the camera. End of ep. Okay. What's, so your prediction did not come true this time. From last time. Really? Absolutely not. Huh. Do you have one for for next week? What do you think is going to happen? Next week's up. <laughs> I predict that um, Jake will start taking his baby to school in a little baby Bjorn. <laughs> like the thing that you wear <laughs> up front. And that still people won't get why he's late. I think, <laughs> I think everyone will be so wrapped up in their own shit. That Jake will like walk into the locker room and I'll have the baby Bjorn like strapped to his chest, and people will be like, "Jake, why are you why are you late?" And like the baby will cry and he'll feed it and he'll be like, "Don't worry about it, man." They're like, okay, get dressed. 
And then I think he looks, and then this is sort of like the cold open. He looks up and through the locker room in Whitey's office, because it's, you know, they're connected. Yeah. He sees Sherry or Cherry, Tim's mom. <laughs> okay. And they have a long, meaningful eye contact. So and you she, think Cherry's the and mother. And she looks like she's about to, yeah. And she looks like she's about to say something. Wow. And then he turns away. Do you think your your pregnancy dream was a like a predilection? Predilection? Is that what it is? Probably, yeah. Do you think you were predicting Jake having a baby through that dream? <laughs> Are you so in tune with the show with that the your subconscious is telling you? I mean, if Maybe. I am, they should hire me to write some apps. What season are they on now? Uh-oh. <laughs> what season are they on? Will has abandonment issues, so I haven't told him yet that the show got canceled. <laughs> what it is, every time we watch a show together, I just think it's one big show. Abby hasn't told me that they're endings. I'm always like, where's the chemistry teacher who cooks crystal meth to save his family? Oh, he's he's there. He's there. He just doesn't live in the same apartment with all the other friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. See you much for listening to us talk about a show that we genuinely enjoy um it's been a pleasure my name is abby mine as well and just remember put some ice on it welcome to dreams we have and talk about (laughs) (laughs) just trying to think of a good title for like oh this is the title the worst podcast ever would be a title where two people just talk about their dreams. Like, the, that's maybe the worst idea for a podcast ever. I think it'd be worse if it was a dream recap podcast where you were recapping other people's dreams. Where you were like, oh, my buddy Jason told me his dream <laughs> the other day. You would believe it. <laughs>